Hey guys, real quick, just wanted to say that last night it was announced that the entire Fantasy Gymnastics League is not going to be going forward this year because of the uncertainty of the season with COVID and everything. And of course, this entire episode is dedicated to that, but we actually recorded this several days ago, so we didn't really know that it was going to actually be canceled. So we decided just to go ahead and release it anyways. We figured that at the very least, you could learn about some more gymnasts that you weren't really aware of before, and you know you can follow them this season. Or if you want to play in a private league, I know there's a lot of people in the gym tonight that are planning on still holding private leagues. So also, a lot of these tips are still applicable to coming seasons, and a lot of the gymnasts that we talk about, a lot of them will still be around, you know, in a couple seasons to come. So we figured you guys would like to hear this episode regardless. So please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys! This week, we're taking a break from our NCAA season previews to talk all things fantasy gymnastics. If you're anything like us, Fantasy Gym is what gets us through the winter and kind of gives us something to look forward to. One thing that's really great about Fantasy Gymnastics is that it gives us an opportunity to root for teams or maybe even discover new gymnasts that we might not otherwise have known about. So today, we're going to be sharing our top picks. We've got some freshmen, some secret weapons, and of course the girls that are must-haves for your fantasy teams this season. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our gold-level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Cindy M, Bree C, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Caitlin P, Kristen R, Lori S, and Sabrina M. Thanks for sticking with us and supporting us every month. This podcast seriously would not be possible without you guys and without the support of all of our Patreon supporters. So we're sending you all big virtual thank you hugs. Let's not waste any more time and let's talk fantasy gym. Okay, so real quickly, we just want to give a little background on what fantasy gymnastics is for those who have never played it before or are not familiar with it. So basically, Fantasy Gym is an online game, I guess you could say. I don't really know how else to explain it. It's pretty much like any other fantasy game that you could play with, you know, football or whatever sports out there do fantasy leagues. Basketball's a big one. Yeah, but it's basically the same thing. Fantasy Gymnastics was created by Kristen Watkins. Shout out to her. She's amazing. She does a wonderful job running the site each year. We should probably say towards the beginning of this episode that she recently on the Fantasy Gymnastics Twitter page put out a statement saying that she's waiting on a few more of the larger conferences to release their schedule just to make sure that there's going to be enough meets to actually have a Fantasy Gym competition this year. And it's stressful because normally, you know, we put a lot of time into our drafts and I know a lot of other people do too. And, you know, we're now one month away from season and not really knowing what's going to happen. A lot of us, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we've started our draft, but we're not really too deep into it yet. Usually by this point, we're pretty much done and, you know, we're almost getting ready to have our teams given to us. Yeah, because normally don't we get our teams around Thanksgiving? I believe so. I mean, obviously things are a little bit different this year with the whole COVID pandemic, but just wanted to put that out there so people know that, you know, I guess there is a possibility that it could not happen this year, but we're keeping our fingers crossed that it's going to happen because that would be really depressing if it didn't happen. Right? And either way, the point of this episode is like, we got you covered because even if it doesn't happen, happen these are still gymnasts that if season happens you can still look forward to and going forward you know at some point things are going to go back to normal and you know are they 
<laughs> well, actually, you know what? I, I don't know. I can't speak confidently on that. I'm hopeful that at some point it is going to go back to normal and we'll be able to play fantasy gymnastics like we always have. And, you know, these girls that we're saying here today, they'll be around for a while. So back to, you know, how fantasy gym works. There's about 20 people in your conference. There is several hundred conferences in total, but you're going to be playing up against about 20 other people. And those are the people that are in your conference. And basically you and everyone in your conference will draft a team. There's a nice little rankings page that's built into the fantasy gym website where you can rank your picks and it's all nice and easy for you you can scroll through and pick people that you want or you can just type in their name if there's someone that you know for sure that you want and then you can just drag them up and down the list and move them very nice and easy so yeah, and sort of build your draft mm-hmm. And then from there, it's pretty much just random who you're going to get, which is why it's really important to fill out your whole draft list. I believe you can draft up to 200 gymnasts. I think it says on the website that you can draft 200, but we've always gone a little bit over. So don't hesitate. That's a little secret that I think people don't always realize. You can actually go over 200, and we do recommend you do that because... Unless something changes. Maybe this year it'll be different. Right. But But we definitely try. We do recommend, at the very least, get yourself up to 200. That way you don't have to worry about getting people that are injured or people that you know aren't going to contribute much to your team when there's so many good girls out there that you know can contribute to your team or simply just someone that you don't know anything about Mm -hmm. you know do your research as much as you can and you know really get a feel for the girls that you're drafting and who could potentially be on your team just like you would Mm -hmm. if you're a college coach and you're building your your team and also your lineups kind of what it feels like but yeah you definitely want to have a strategy and we're going to share a little bit of our strategy right here right now so first piece of advice start early Normally, we would have told you to start this already, but like we already said, things are a little bit different this year. So start right now. Listen to this episode, of course. You got to finish the episode. You can but then pull go up and make an it. Excel spreadsheet and start <laughs> making your list while you're listening to this. There you go. There's an idea for you. Because our second suggestion is actually to make a spreadsheet and then to start ranking the gymnast based on several factors. So there's lots of things that you want to take into account here. The first being, and this is maybe the most important one, you want to look at how many events they're going to do because you really want to have as many all-arounders as you can at the top of your list to ensure that you get at least a couple all-arounders because I've seen so many people make this mistake where they get into the habit of drafting either just their personal favorites or somebody who's really good on just an event and you know that's okay you want to have those people on your team too but when you have them so high up you get into a situation where you're really really weak on you know one event or another event or it's hard to make your lineup. Yeah, yeah. You really run into an issue when you only have, you know, so many girls that do vault. You might have, you know, 10 girls you can pick from as possible options on vault and then hardly anyone that does floor. Because they're all event specialists. It's just, please, just if you take one thing away from this, just please draft as many all-arounders as you can at the top of your list and you will not regret it. Trust us. (laughs) Another thing that you want to factor when ranking your gymnasts is what kind of scores they get. You know, we try to put gymnasts who score bigger and also who come from bigger schools and have bigger names, I'm putting with air quotes. Mm -hmm. You want those gymnasts up at the top of your draft. Because the important thing to remember here is that you're maybe going to only get like two or three from your top 20 on your actual team. You know, you're going (laughs) to, it's hard, but you look back and you've done all this work, you're going to have a giant list of gymnasts and you're only going to get 
so many of them, you know, it's, you get very few here. So and like you said, I think that we've found, you know, in the, however many years we've been playing fantasy gym now that really in our top 20, we get two, sometimes three if we're lucky, depending on where we fall, mm-hmm. you know, in the order where we get drafted. Yeah. Because it's all random. There's really, at that point, there's not a whole lot of strategy. It's just luck. I believe how she does it is kind of like a snake format, I guess, if you will, where it randomizes everybody in the conference and basically if you're at the bottom of your conference to go, you know, you could be getting somebody who's down towards the 19th or 20th on your list and that might be your first pick. That might be the person you end up getting. It's kind of hard to explain. But But then that means a second round where you're getting your second gymnast, you're now the first. So that means that you could get your 20th and your 21st, just for like a rough example, meaning that you would get two gymnasts, possibly three, within a pretty close proximity. Mm -hmm. Of each other, as long as you were one of the last people in your conference to pick. So, so the benefit of being at the top of the draft list is that you're basically guaranteed to get one of the huge athletes. Like, you know, last year it was Kyla Ross and Maggie Nichols, Trinity Thomas. You're basically guaranteed to get them because you're at the top of the list. But a benefit of going towards the bottom is that you're going to get back to back two picks. Whereas if you're first, you're going to get your pick and that's going to go through 20 other people before it comes back back to you. Actually, I take that back. It's going to go through the list down and then back up. So it's almost 40 people before it gets back to you. Because basically, yeah, it starts at the top, it goes down, and then it comes back up to you. So it's going to be a while if you're at the top before the draft list gets back to you. So strategy really is key here to make sure that you're balanced throughout your draft list. And also, I think that's why it's important to not only have, you know, all of your all-arounders, your top scorers, your big-name athletes towards the top, but you also want to throw in some secret weapons up there. Mm-hmm. I think a general rule of thumb that we go by is we don't do any secret weapons and hardly any freshmen in our top 20, mm-hmm. but after the top 20, it's free game. And I truly feel like that's a strategy that's worked for us in the past is take somebody who is going to be promising, who has a successful J.O. career, and you think that they're going to do big things in college. Take one of those athletes and, you know, take a chance and put them in your top 40. And you're almost guaranteed to get them that way. Not not 100% guaranteed. But the chances are But your are chances of getting somebody, a secret weapon or a freshman that maybe isn't as well-known. Again, I'm putting air quotes. You know, that's not meant to be offensive to anyone, but you know what I mean. You put someone like that a little bit higher up on your draft than maybe you would expect, and you're more likely to get them that Mm -hmm. way. And when doing that, another thing that is really important to possibly take into consideration is that you're drafting a lot of gymnasts here. And over time, if you know, you're like us, we work on this throughout several weeks and you might forget why you put somebody as high up on your draft list as you did. We do that all the time. <laughs> so it's, we like to personally go through and make little notes next to each name and say why we put them there. Like, they're really good on vol. You know, this is their average on this event. And just something that's going to help remind you of why you want that person and why they are where they are in your list. Yeah, it's it's almost like saving you another step. Because that right there, by making that note, that's your justification to yourself for why you made the choice that you did. And like you said, Ashley, it's like you... You work on this for weeks and then you revisit it again. You'll say it's a month later and you look back and because we've done it mm-hmm. where we look back and we're like, what like, who, I like, who is this again? Why do I have them up this high? And you either have to spend the time now to go look them up again. But if you take notes as you go and say, you know, this girl is a freshman from Ball State. 
pulling a random school here. She's a freshman at Ball State. I have her in this position because she competed last year on this event and this event. These are her averages. You know, she has this as a career high. I think she'll be useful on these two events. Mm -hmm. And then you look back and you're like, oh, wait, that's right. I remember who she is now. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's come in handy for us several times. And I will say that a lot of these tips are kind of more geared towards people that are really, really competitive. Brittany and I are super competitive with Fantasy Gym. Like, we live for this during the wintertime. Like, it's game on. Like, if, we're, <laughs> if you're in the conference with us, we're usually at Triple Twist. We go by our um, blog, I guess, mm-hmm. our, our other Twitter account. That's where you'll find us on Fantasy Gym is through Triple Twist, not All Things Gym Pod. But yeah. if you have Triple Twist in your conference, watch out. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, we're super competitive with it. And I understand not everybody is. Some people just are just like, whatever. They just want to do it for fun. And they just quickly throw a draft list together. And that's fine, too. No, whatever I, 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 I come to play. Like, I literally come to win. But Fantasy Gym has grown a lot. When Brittany and I first started, which was back in 2013, there was only, like, not even 200 people playing. And now there's around 2,000 people playing. Which is crazy. And I think yeah. this just also speaks volumes to not only how big the gym internet has gotten and how much the gym internet has grown, which is amazing to see, by the way, but also the growth of college gymnastics and the interest in college gymnastics. That's really exciting mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. But like I said, really, these are just things to take into consideration if you really want to be competitive with this it's really really hard now that there's so many people playing um and a lot of other people have their own strategies for playing this game so you know it's really hard at the end of the season to be you know in the championship round of fantasy gym Brittany and i made it there once it was actually the very first year that we played and we finished second i believe so that was the best finish that we've ever had with fantasy gym but like we said it's grown so much that now it's even harder so if you really do want to win and you want to take it seriously um hopefully you'll find some of our tips helpful okay so without further ado let's get into some of the gymnasts that we really recommend for you guys to draft on your fantasy team and i just want to say this isn't like an exhaustive list of people there's definitely a lot more people that could fit into these different categories that we have that we would recommend having on your fantasy gym team and we just want to say that you know feel free if you're especially if you're a first-time fantasy gym player or even if you're not and you just want some help we've had people message us in the past and we don't mind helping at all so if you want some more recommendations on top of the ones that we're going to give here today feel free to reach out to us you can message us on our podcast twitter all things gym pod or our other gymnastics twitter account um it's at triple twist gym either of those places or email us you can find you know all that information on our website which is in the show notes and we'd love to help you guys out and you know give you some suggestions and some more gymnasts if you need it yeah i do feel like we have a lot of knowledge in big 10 gymnastics particularly michigan and michigan state those are two teams that we follow really closely, but really just Big Ten gymnastics we know pretty well. And also the MAC Conference. Mm-hmm. We're pretty familiar with EMU. We're very familiar with the EMU's team and really all of the gymnasts in the MAC Conference. So especially when it comes down to those two conferences, feel free to reach out because we might be able to help you. Okay, so our first category is what we are going to call secret weapons. And these are gymnasts from teams that are mostly outside of the top 20, but these girls can still bring in really solid and reliable scores. These are people that, you know, you definitely want to consider to help round out your team and give you some usable scores. Like we mentioned, if you don't draft your full 200, this has happened to us before, you'll end up with people that are from, and this isn't meant to be like shade, 
to anybody, but you'll end up from you'll end up with somebody who's from like a Division three school or someone who is from like a somewhat decent team, but they've never competed ever, stuff like that. And it's like that's just not helpful to you if you're trying to win fantasy gym here. So these are people that you know we can prove are consistent. They bring in good scores and they're people that like not everybody knows about, you know, they're definitely not a big name gymnast from a big school. Yeah. So the people who are really into fantasy gym will know who these people are and they'll probably draft them. But there's probably a very, very good chunk of people who play that won't have these gymnasts on their draft. So, like Brittany mentioned, we're definitely very up on what's happening with not only schools in Michigan, but also in the MAC Conference, and EMU in particular. I go to EMU, so I'm very familiar with that team, and I'm in love with Caitlin Sattler. She is a junior from EMU, and she is just a tremendous beam worker. She's totally underrated. She actually has a career high of 9.9 on beam, and she consistently hits in the 9.8599 range. I think she only fell once the entire season last year. Mm-hmm. She has a nice triple series, a double twist dismount that she sticks literally every single time. Like, not just in competition, but if you watch any of the videos that EMU posts on their, like, Instagram stories, literally every single time she sticks her dismount. So, it's really, really nice to see. She's I'm so super bummed. reliable. I'm so bummed last season that, you know, the end of the season was cut short because she was definitely headed to regionals, which would have been, you know, her first time. She's also a walk-on athlete, which I always love to see walk-on athletes who contribute to the team in a way She's that like, she does. She's like, hello, I'm here and I'm amazing. Really, she's good. I've talked to Brittany about this before. I feel like she could actually be competitive in some of the top teams' beam lineups. Like, truly, I think she's that good on beam. She also does floor, too, and she's a usable score there. She has a career high of 9875, and, you know, maybe not as consistent on this event as she is on beam, but it's still a really good event for her, and, you know, she frequently hits above 9.8, which is definitely something you're going to want for your fantasy gym team. Speaking of EMU, we have senior Jada Rondu, and she's someone that I think more people might be familiar with because she has been, you know, the main, the big all-rounder for EMU the past three seasons. So I would say that although she's an all-rounder, she's mostly usable for your fantasy team on bars, beam, and floor. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that you couldn't put her up on vault because she does do vault. She's an all-rounder. But I think as far as, like, her scores and where she's going to make, you know... The biggest uh, contribution. Yeah, it's going to sc- be on the other three. Events. And a score that you're going to want to count. Because there's, there's a difference between getting a score for your team and then getting a score that you're actually going to count. And to me, personally, anything above 9A is something that's considered countable for Fantasy Jam. Yeah. And Jada, she's very consistently in the mid to high 9-8 range. But her 9-9 scores are definitely, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, they're coming this season because she's so, so good. Especially on bars. So clean. She has a nice double layout that she sticks all the time. And on floor. She doesn't have a big e-pass or anything that is really, you know, flashy and out there, but she often sticks her double talk. And when I say stick, I mean like two feet stick. Like she's not doing the like controlled... Like in your face, I'm amazing. Stick. Yeah, not like the controlled launch. It's like, boom, I don't need to take a step back because I'm awesome stick. Something else is on beam, she has a triple series that mm-hmm. she's super consistent with. She nails it very frequently. So yeah, I think just really quality gymnastics overall, but definitely on bars beam and floor, look out for her. Another gymnast that we would highly recommend is sophomore Hannah Demers from CMU. 
she was so, so impressive to me last season. Really is an all-arounder, but mainly on vault. She's money on vault. So, so good. She does your Yurchenko full, but it's so clean and just perfect, you know, landing, technique in the air. She, does, she did it so well last season. Yeah, in fact, last year as a freshman, she didn't go below 9-8 on that event. Mm-hmm. She went as high as 9-9. Her very first meet of the season, she went 9-9. Yeah. And won the event. So super, super impressive. You know, right up there in the best with girls in college gymnastics doing your triangle foals. I would definitely say that hers is right up there with the best. But she does well in all the events, honestly. You know, on bars, she has a career high of 9.95. Beam, I would say, is probably her weakest event. She only has a career high of 9.8. So, you know, if there's a place where you maybe wouldn't use her, it probably would be on beam. But um, on floor, she has a 9.875. So a pretty, uh, you know, well-balanced gymnast. And she's also super, super fun on floor. Great performer. I know, I love her floor team from her freshman year. Sticking with the theme of Mac schools, we have Arden Hudson, who's going to be a senior at Ball State. So she has a really unique vault. She has a front handspring double full, which you don't see very often in college gymnastics. Actually, I don't think I've seen anyone do that vault before. So at least definitely not in college. I'm sure so. someone has at some point. We're just not aware of it. I just personally haven't seen it, but very, very cool. Nicely done. It actually has a 10 out start value. So, you know, has the potential to get a big score if she does it well. And she also consistently hits in the 9.8 range on that. So her, she has a career high of 9.85, but, you know, typically is in the 9.8 range. So overall, she's pretty solid. She also just has really beautiful lines. She does bars and beam in addition to vault and has career highs of 9.825 and 9.9 on those events. Overall, I would just say she's a really solid gymnast and would be a nice addition to your fantasy gym lineups. Next up, we have an incoming sophomore from MSU, and that's Jory Jackard. So she only competed bars last season, but let me tell you, she was phenomenal on this Mm -hmm. event. I remember sitting in the audience at a Michigan State meet, and I didn't necessarily right away, like, realize who she was. And I was watching, you know, this gymnast on bars, and I was like, who is this girl? But she is amazing. She has impeccable form, very, very nice toe point. And I'm like, who is this girl? Is she their anchor? Like, she she has to be. She's amazing. And it turned out to be Jory Jackard, so <laughs> shout out to her. And she was a freshman at the time. Yeah. And she was not the anchor, I don't think. I mean, maybe towards the end of the season she got moved, but she no, was pretty I, in the beginning of the lineup, I well, well, the thing that happened with Jory is she started off the first two or three meets. I know for sure the first two, possibly three meets of the season last year. She fell. She had like really rough routines. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people didn't initially draft her because she was a freshman and she went to MSU. So she wasn't on anyone's radar. Then she was in the draft pool for almost every team. And because she had such a rocky start to the beginning of her college career, the beginning of the season, people were sleeping on her. Mm-hmm. But then she came out of nowhere like she came out the gates and she was basically towards the middle and end of season consistently in the 985 to 99 range she went as high as a 9925 and yeah it was basically lights out from that point forward Mm -hmm. yeah she really was killing it towards the actually i don't even want to say towards the end of the season because like you said it was the first couple of meets of the season and then it was like she just turned it around and she was a completely different gymnast and she really was you know a standout on that event for msu yeah and i expect this season to be no different very much expect her to be a high consistent score for msu on bars and she's also great on beam with the potential to do other events as well. She has exhibition on being before. She's never actually been in the lineup, but I don't see that happening again this season. I think she's going to step up and be way more of a contributor for MSU. And with the loss of Michigan State's only senior last year, Gabriella Douglas, they're going to need someone who can step up on beam Mm -hmm. and floor. 
definitely think that Jory Jagger can fit that bill. Rounding out our secret weapons category, we have Abby Fletcher, who is a senior at Kent State. So well, we really do have a lot of, <laughs> like, literally all magnums except for Joy Jackard. It's honestly just because I've researched them so much, just because having to do commentary and stuff, which I've done for EMU. So I've just looked into the Matt conference quite a bit, and I just happen to know a lot about their gymnasts. I think that's why. Not, tr- not trying to be biased, but I mean, truly, these girls are underappreciated, I feel like, and definitely deserve a lot more recognition. So we're hoping that's what this is. <laughs> Anyways, Abby does vault, beam, and floor. I would say she's in a, you know, pretty consistently in the 9798 range, with the exception of floor. I would definitely say her best event is floor. She is a two-time MAC champion on that event and was also a regional qualifier, so really, really impressive. She has a career high of 9925 and regularly hits in the 9899 range. She does that very, very often, so... Really somebody that is going to be an asset to your floor lineup, but yeah. also can do vault and beam. I know we had her on our fantasy team last year, and we ended up having a lot of depth on our fantasy team on floor, so we didn't necessarily have to use Abby all the time, but she was definitely someone that we had as an option, and we did have her in a couple times. Moving on to the next category, we have possible secret weapons. So this category is basically people that we think are going to be really good, we have high expectations for, but we also can't confidently say that because they are either a freshman or they were injured last season. So we're not confident saying they're going to be a secret weapon, but we just have a good feeling about it. (laughs) So the first one is, again, from EMU, and it is freshman Raisa Boris. So she's actually from Twin City Twisters, which obviously we all know they have a great reputation of producing not only the best college gymnasts in the nation, but also a lot of high-quality elite gymnasts as well. In Raisa, I feel like she really is a catch for EMU. She's a two-time JO National qualifier. She has a nice full-in dismount off bars. She has a full-in on floor, which she's the only person on EMU's team that has that pass at the moment. And she also has a triple series on beam, so she definitely has lots of good skills, looks really promising, and I expect her to be an all-rounder for them this season. Someone that I I'm really excited to see the season is Jerquavia Henderson from Iowa. So she was somebody that we drafted as one of our secret weapons on our team last year. And we actually got her on our team because of it. She's in a backfire. It did backfire (laughs) because she ended up rupturing her Achilles last season, but she's back this season. We've seen some videos of her, you know, preseason training and I think that she definitely has the potential to be an all-arounder for Iowa. Yeah, it looks like she's back doing all-around, training all four events again, and really is looking phenomenal. (laughs) Honestly, the thing that impresses me the most about her is on floor exercise. She has a nice tucked full in, and it is so high in the air. It's like she has springs in her legs or something. It's seriously the highest full in that I feel like I've ever seen. Like, pause this and go to YouTube and look her up. Um, I believe my favorite video of her doing it was J.O. Nationals in 2019. Seriously, like, she's up in the rafters. That's how high she is. I've never seen a full end this big other than maybe Simone Biles. So definitely check that out. She also does a huge Uchenko full. Another thing to look out for, she actually has a career high of a 9925 mm-hmm. from her JRO career and very consistently scored above 99 or at least 99 in her JRO career, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that's going to translate really well to college. Yeah, and I think it speaks volumes to what you can expect from that ball. And, you know, I should probably mention, you know, we're making it sound like she just has a huge fall, which she does, but she also did compete in 2019 at least a few times, a one and a half that was massive. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. When you look up 
Jerquaviot, you know, majority of her J.O. career, she did a full, and it was a great full, like we mentioned, but her one and a half is also great. So far in preseason training videos, I've only seen her doing the full at Iowa, but definitely wouldn't be surprised to see her pull up that one and a half, at least at some point in her career. And it might take a little bit of time, like we did mention, she's coming back from an Achilles injury, so it might be one of those things where she eases into it, or maybe even later in her career she might end up doing it, but yeah, either way, a huge vault, and is going to bring in a really big score. Next up, we have Danae Fletcher, who is joining the Oklahoma Sooners a season early, and that's pretty exciting for them because she's coming in as the J.O. National Champion on floor from 2019. She also plays fourth in the all-around that year, and she also happens to be the state and regional champion in the all-around on bars and on floor. So definitely somebody who I can see making an impact right away in the floor lineup for Oklahoma, but also has some massive all-around potential. And I think the key with Danae is going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to draft her because right now she's not currently on the roster, so she won't show up in the fantasy gymnastics system. The thing you're going to have to look for here is when trading opens up, that's, I think it's after the second week, so it's in Mm -hmm. the third week of the season, that's when trading opens up. And you can take somebody on your team who maybe is injured or maybe you don't know anything about or maybe you just want to get rid of someone. You can take that person and trade them immediately off the bat for hopefully someone like Danae Fletcher unless somebody else beats you to it. So be on the lookout. Trading in fantasy gym is really, really competitive. And I think anyone that's played in the past would tell you that it's definitely a bloodbath trying to get a gymnast that you want because some people, you know, they're also doing the same strategy where they're having their eyes on that list at all times waiting for her name to show up so they can draft her when she becomes available. Last year it was Luisa Blanco from Alabama. Mm -hmm. She was the one that we were all fighting over last year. And it sometimes turns into this thing where people are staying up really late just trying to not miss that period where the draft opens and she's available and you can actually trade for her. And then what happens is that everyone starts trading at the same time and we crash the fantasy gym site and it goes down for several hours and in the end, nobody wins. (laughs) And we're all angry because one person gets it and we all just missed out. (laughs) So just heads up that like you can draft her. It's definitely a possibility you're going to get her, but also like just be aware that like there's some people out there that are really competitive and they're also going to have the same strategy in mind. And just want to clarify, I'm saying draft, I mean trade. Add her to your team once she becomes available. Because like Brittany said, she's not going to be available to draft right away just because she's not on the team yet, so she's not on the roster, and therefore she's not going to show up in the pool of gymnasts to draft from. But when trading becomes available and she's officially on the team, go get her. And good luck. (laughs) So our final possible secret weapon is Maya Huin from Minnesota. I am so excited to watch her. So she's actually a local kid. She comes from Woodbury, Minnesota, which is about a 20 to 30 minute drive outside of the University of Minnesota. So she's going to draw in huge crowds, family and friends supporting her just because she's a local kid. But she's also phenomenal and I feel like she has the potential to be the next big star for Minnesota. For sure. So she has a career high of a 9875 on vault from her J.O. days, as well as on floor exercise. She also has a 9875 career high in that event. She's a 2019 Nastia Cup qualifier. She actually placed third on floor and she's a J.O. National Champion on floor from 2019 as well. Mm -hmm. So definitely one of her strongest events. She has a beautiful full end. She is always controlled in the videos that I've seen. She's very controlled. Steps back. Already has the college salute going on. I was just about to say that. It looks 
so good. And she's a performer on floor. Mm-hmm. Go look up her routine from the 2019 Nastia Cup. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, she's got the facial expressions going on. She's all into it. And, you know, you watch her. And, you know, some girls, you can just watch them and know that they're going to kill it in college. She's one of those girls. Not only just with her gymnastics, but the way she performs. She was just totally meant to be a college gymnast. Something else that has impressed me so far about Maya is she has a one and a half on vault. So I know that she did a full in her jail career. Maybe at some point she did a one and a half and I'm just not aware of it. But we've seen videos of her in preseason, you know, on Minnesota's Instagram story. And she's doing a one and a half that looks great and competition ready. So between floor and vault and also possibly beam, I think she has potential in that event too. Definitely someone that you're going to want on your team. These are people that we would advise kind of sprinkling in throughout your draft list and maybe kind of starting in the 40 range. Um, And you can definitely go lower than that too. Or higher if you're being risky. Yeah. But these are people that, you know, as long as you feel confident that they're going to be useful for you, you don't want to be afraid to put them up a little bit higher because they might pay off in the long run. Next category is freshmen, and I'm personally always a little bit weary of drafting freshmen super high up on my list just because you never really know what you're going to get with a freshman. You know, are they going to make the lineups right away? How are they going to transition into college gymnastics and handle that, you know, pressure and the nerves? There's just a lot of unknowns with freshmen, but I don't recommend not drafting freshmen at all because there's definitely a lot of talented ones out there. You just want to make sure that you pick the right ones to go higher up in your draft. And the ones that we have here on our list today, I feel like are ones that have proven themselves in their JO careers or in their elite careers in some cases that you can almost expect that they're going to do big things Mm -hmm. and that you can trust them. So first we have Gabby Perea. She is a former national team member and between... Yesolo and Gymnex from the years 2016 to 2019. She racked up a bunch of gold medals. She's also the junior national bar champion from 2016. So definitely has a lot of accolades coming into college and is expected to do big things. I actually saw a video of her a couple of weeks ago doing a standing full on beam. Don't know if she's actually going to bring that to college, but she was definitely at least messing around with it, which is really exciting. But she's somebody who is just so good And, you know, kind of was overshadowed in some ways when she was an elite, but now that she's in college, I really just expect her to be a superstar. She's at Cal. Don't know if we said that already. Nope, you didn't. I was waiting for you to take a breath so I could jump in and say, (laughs) she's from Cal. (laughs) She goes to Cal. Well, maybe I was just assuming a lot of people knew that already, but maybe I also shouldn't assume. But yes, she goes to Cal. Cal also has another really amazing freshman, Andrea Lee. So... The sister of former UCLA Bruin and also former world champion, Annalie. Mm Mm-hmm. So definitely lots of talent there. Next, we have Adeline Kenlin, who is at the University of Iowa, which is amazing. I always love to see former elite gymnasts go to a school that's not in the top 10 even. Iowa obviously being a Big Ten school and not even necessarily one of the top Big Ten schools. So really exciting to see her going to a smaller team in some way. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say they're a small team, but... No, but like you said, even considering just Big Ten gymnastics, University of Michigan, University of Nebraska, and University of Minnesota, those are like the big three Mm -hmm. Big Ten teams. 
In terms of gymnastics. Yes. But Adeline, I think, is going to be a star for Iowa, and especially as she progresses throughout her career. She was an elite gymnast from 2014 to 2018, really known for her beam work. She actually won classics on beam in 2017. I remember watching her as a hopes gymnast, so before she even got to the elite level. I remember watching her on beam and just being blown away by how good she was. She's stood out to me on that event. So that's definitely going to be, I think, her key event in college, but really has all-around potential. She also competed internationally for the USA. She competed at Yeslo in 2017 and helped the team win the gold medal and also placed fourth all around. So very experienced. Yeah. And a big catch for Iowa. Next up, we have Haley Bryant. If you listened to our episode last week, then you heard us break down LSU. I'm going to give our thoughts on Haley Bryant. I think that she's going to be an all-rounder for LSU. I, I very much expect her to see action in all four lineups. You know, she's a two-time Nastia Cup champion, a three-time JO National Vault champion. In 2017, she was the all-around champion at JO Nationals, as well as Vault and Floor. Those are really her two standout events, Vault and Floor. I think that's where we're going to really see her shine and get consistent, you know, 9-9 nine, nine plus scores pretty consistently. But definitely don't count her out on the other events as well. Like I said, definitely all around potential there. Yeah, I think that coming in, she's going to make an impact on the lineups right away, possibly on all four events right off the bat, which that's when you know you're good. When you can come in as a freshman onto a really big, really good gymnastics team and make an impact right away. And I expect Haley Bryant to do that. And last up, we have Victoria Wen at Georgia. Very, very excited to see her. It's been a while since we've seen her compete. Mm -hmm. She's a former national team member, and she plays second all around at the London World Cup in 2017. So again, she's one of those athletes that has some international experience that I really think will work towards, you know, Georgia's advantage. We've actually seen in training her doing an Anodi aerial combination, which I don't think I've ever seen done before, especially not in college gymnastics. So that's really, really exciting. And I think that it's just little things like that that really make you stand out. And, you know, hopefully the judges will pick up on that and appreciate her creativity and the risk that she's taking on that event and hopefully that'll translate into some good scores i was gonna say that series on beam could be a little bit risky okay. not saying that it will be i don't know how consistent she is with it but it's a very risky game to play it in is. a sport that's all about consistency and hitting <laughs> No, I, I see where you're coming from, but I just, I think it's cool, and I appreciate the fact that she's even doing it. Even if it's just in a training video, I'm glad we've gotten to see her do that combination, because it's really well done. I mean, true, I agree. <laughs> and then closing it out, we have your must-haves. And like we said in the beginning, there's obviously a lot more girls that you could put on this list, way more people that you must have for your fantasy gym team, but we just want to make sure that, you know... Through all of this, you have those girls that you're going to have at the top of your list. You know, we talked about the strategy and having all-arounders at the top of your draft list and also going for the big names. Obviously, you want to shoot your shot. You know, you're not guaranteed to get really any of the top girls, but there also are so many girls to choose from that, you know, it's likely as, as long as you draft wisely that you're going to get at least one of the girls that you want that is a really top all-arounder from a big team. And I will say this too, if you don't have these girls in your top, really even top 10, I would say, you're probably not going to get them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, sticking with the strategy that we talked about here, you want to put these girls up 
very high in your list. And then as far as what order you put them in, that I guess just depends on your preference, but you want to look into their consistency, their hit rate, which most of these girls, they're all pretty equal in terms of, you know, their capabilities and what they bring to the team and, you know, the types of scores that they bring in. So, of course, we have Trinity Thomas from Florida, stellar superstar, Natalie Boychuk from Michigan, love her, she's a beautiful Delta on bars that is just absolutely stunning. She's also an NCAA beam champion. Gotta put that plug in there. Yeah, go blue. Sorry. I know. We're really annoying when it comes to Michigan because we have to like constantly like be pumping them up. (laughs) We also have Anastasia Webb. Beautiful, really at all four events. She's one of those athletes that doesn't necessarily have a standout event, but that's because she's so good on all the events. (laughs) Olivia Troutman from Oklahoma and also Reagan Smith from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. you guys, is that good. We all need that though. But the fact that we have three of their gymnasts in our top 10, I think should tell you something. So Olivia Troutman, she was out last season on floor. Don't remember quite what her injury was off the top of my head. We didn't get to see her on that event, but she is capable of very big things on both vault and floor, but has definitely seen consistent all-around action so far in her career. And Reagan Smith, she had a phenomenal freshman year last year. Bars, beam, and floor are definitely her highest scoring events. She's someone that I would personally, you know, if I'm putting her in my top 10, she's probably going to be 10th. Because she didn't do vault at all last season. Well, actually, I take that back. She did do vault, I think, a couple times, but... But it's only a full. Mm -hmm. And in an Oklahoma lineup full of one and a halfs, her spot is constantly being threatened. Yeah, so exactly. that's not fun for fantasy gym purposes. So not saying I wouldn't draft her high because she's phenomenal on her other three events. But I definitely think I'd want someone who I know for sure is going to be in the all-around mm-hmm. up towards, you know, top five. We also have Kaya Johnson from LSU. She's going into her sophomore year. She was amazing for them last season. Again, kind of like we talked about with Haley Bryant, you know, coming into LSU this year as a freshman, Kaya was like that last season where she just came in right away and made an impact, and she has a nice double on vault. That's a huge vault. Full in on floor. I mean, really just brings so much to the table. And we can't forget about Lindsey Brown. She is a senior at Denver. We actually had her on the show earlier this year, so go check out an interview with her if you haven't heard that already. But huge vaulter huge floor worker huge all-arounder in general Mm -hmm. her tumbling is sky high she seriously drops from the sky it's incredible and i think that you know going into her final season we can expect really big things from her so that's it that's the list that's that's the tea if you will (laughs) and like you said before ashley we do have you know this is not the end all be all list this is just kind of our thoughts some gymnasts that we view as secret weapons. There are definitely more secret weapons out there. In fact, if you want to share them with us, you know, when we share this link on our social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, leave a comment and let us know who your secret weapons are, who's some freshmen that you're excited to see. Mm -hmm. Let us know. I definitely think there's some people that we don't have, you know, on our list, but they definitely should be included. So make sure you let us know. You can find us at all things gym pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also send us an email where all things gym pod at gmail.com. 
Before we wrap up this episode, we just want to give a quick shout out to College Gym News. They are a phenomenal resource for people that play Fantasy Gym. If you go to their website, they have a bunch of articles and breakdowns and just d- different things that will really help you identify girls to put on your team, but also helping to determine where you might want to put them on your draft list. Yeah, they actually have, if you're lazy and you don't want to create a draft on your own. They have sample draft lists that you can use, which is super helpful if you're in a crunch and mm-hmm. you want to play Fantasy Gym, but you just don't have the time to do the draft. That really is amazing that they do that, so big shout out to them. And we'll be sure to link their website in the show notes below. And of course, if we're doing shout outs here, we have to give a shout out to Kristen Markins from mm-hmm. Fantasy Gymnastics. Thank you for all that you do. I don't know if you're listening to this. Probably not, but if any of you know her and you want to send along this message, we thank you for all that you do for all of us gym fans, you know, we look forward to playing fantasy gymnastics every year. And I can imagine that there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into making this happen. And I'm pretty sure she works a full-time job. So this obviously, she doesn't make an income from this. This is just volunteer. This is something that she's doing just, you know, from the kindness of her heart and her own free time. And, you know, it really does make so many people happy, including us. So we are so, so thankful for you, Kristen. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to today's episode. We wish you the best of luck as you begin to draft your fantasy teams. And again, like we said at the beginning, if you want some extra help, need some more ideas, whatever it may be, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know where to find us, and we'd love to help out. We'll be back next week with another team season preview. We're hoping to get at least two or three more episodes in before the start of season. We might have to do an episode where if we're trying to do like all the top teams, we have to double up so that way we don't miss out. We had someone request a couple of teams they want done. So we're going to try and squeeze in who we can, maybe get another interview set up. So we don't quite know which team is coming next right now, but either way, we're getting a lot of good feedback from you guys. You guys are enjoying these season previews especially the ones with the interviews i know they're probably a little bit more interesting so definitely going to continue doing that we'll be back next week with another one and until then enjoy your week we love you guys and we'll talk to you on monday bye Bye.